Welcome back to another episode of Fight Talk. It is a great pleasure to be able to introduce our next guest. He's a former Cage Rage champion. He's competed in WEC and UFC, and he is a staple in British MMA. It is Brad One Punch Picker. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No Thanks problem. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I want to jump straight into it if we can, Brad. So if you can, tell us how you started in combat sports. Um, my first kind of thing with combat sports was probably when I was 19. Uh, I, my main sport growing up was I was a football player. I loved football. In the back of your mind, like every kid, I was going to be a professional footballer and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, yeah. I was good. I wasn't that good, if that makes sense. So... <laughs> Uh, the highest level I got to play for was Russian Diamonds. Um, I uh, took up boxing just to keep fit, really. Uh, and also with learning, if you learn how to fight, you don't have to fight, if that makes sense, because people won't mess with you just because they know you yourself. And then also I kind of used being able to look after myself as a bit more of a vigilante to look after people who couldn't look after themselves. Um, and that was it really I got into boxing I boxed for a couple of years not because I mean I never boxed in a way I'm just a very competitive person so when I stepped into the boxing gym for me it was mainly fitness but then I always done a bit of sparring here and there and I'm very competitive and then obviously the coach said to me oh do you want to do you want to have a fight and I like without in my head I was like no way but then I sometimes was doing this <laughs> uh, I, so like I didn't want to but also I, I'm quite a proud person so I didn't want to like sound like a bit of a pussy so I was like, no I'll fight but I as soon as I got the matchup that I was fighting I don't think I slept for for weeks to come I mean I was like so nervous so, like, for me fighting it sounds so weird saying it now looking back in hindsight Fine for me does not seem natural to want to go and punch someone in the face. Mm. It just doesn't. I'm a very nice guy, very, very, you know, I get on with everyone. I, I don't want to hurt anyone it's in a weird way, but fighting is all. <laughs> but it, I love the, the sport aspect. aspect I, I was like a, I was an athlete, so I, I just kind of enjoy the physical side of fighting. But that's it. So I was boxing for a couple of years. I ruptured my ACL playing football for a team that I shouldn't have been playing for. I was playing for Sunday morning football, but not even the team I played for. It was my reserve team. I just wanted to play because uh, the first team didn't have a game. Ruptured my ACL. Because I was playing outside of my club contract, I got released and I never had my knee repaired. Um, so basically, and then... I tried to get back into boxing at the age of around about 25. Kind of enjoyed it yet again, but they didn't get any attention because I was a 25-year-old man and they're looking after these young kids, you know, who were coming up. And I get it. Uh, so I just got no attention. Kind of found it a bit boring after a while. Like, how many jab crosses can you do with a left hook? And, you know, like, it's just the same. Yeah. It's, it's one of my friends, a good friend of mine, called Del Edwards said to me, oh, why don't you try out this um, mixed martial arts? And I'm like, oh, what's that? He goes, you know, like UFC sort of stuff. And obviously, you look, we're talking a long time ago. It's like 2003 or something like that. And, and I was like, yeah, sounds interesting. Bit, bit dubious about rolling around with dudes on the floor. And I remember going to my first ever class it was at David Donald's uh, uh, back then, and, and it was called the Elite Fighting System. I turned up, and I, met, I remember to this day, there was a young kid there who was 16, and, and at this time, I was a 26-year-old man. and quite a proud man. I used to box, and, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but, I mean, you know, I'm quite tough. I get out of myself. And this 16-year-old kid absolutely smashed the crap out of me, all right? <laughs> Completely embarrassed me, like just manhandled me and I'm like and I'm just like after the end of the lesson I, I was like like I say being a very competitive person I am, I'm like there's no way I can have someone being able to do that to me out there I need to 
learn this and get better at this. Not because there was any UFC aspirations, because there wasn't back then. I mean, yeah. like, UFC didn't have my weight class. It was just, I need to learn this as a life skill just to better myself, you know? Uh, and that's just kind of triggered it off. And it was so cool. Like I said, when you come from a boxing background, there's only so jab, left hook, slip and rolls you can do. It was yeah. nice. Oh, you could take someone down. Oh, you could choke them out. And you could do this. And I, I remember just learning so much new stuff. It was just amazing. I used to go back home on my girlfriend go, let me try this, this out. <laughs> right? I just, just couldn't get enough of it. And it was just, it just kind of sparked something in me. And, I, and, and that's where I just kind of went from, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a very long answer to your short question. <laughs> oh, it's, it's that's great. Perfect. Love love hearing it, mate. Um, so I'm wondering. Obviously, you said you're you're a very a nice guy. Um, you were doing it mostly for fitness. Well, I'm wondering if a young Brad ever got into street fights. Is that something that ever happens with Be, yourself? Being a kid, obviously you do. You, you do. Uh, yeah, again, like something that doesn't come naturally to me that I want to go punch punch someone in the face. For me, like I said, is if for me to punch someone in the face, we're never friends. You know, like we're not friends whatsoever, right? And I'm a very friendly person, so I make friends with everyone. I don't really have many enemies, if that makes sense. But obviously, I have been. But it was yet again, it was mainly looking after my mate who got in trouble or someone's picking on my girlfriend and I'm like, hey, look, leave them alone. What are you doing? Kind of thing. You know, it's more, I, I try and use, I try to use my persona to de-escalate. I mean, like, like I said, if you learn how to fight, people don't mess with you just by, by default. You know, like, they're like, yeah. oh, you can fight. Why would I pick on that guy? I pick on the guy who can't look after himself because humans are very cowardice in that sort of way. So, uh, yeah, I've been in a few fights. It got to this stage where I just, you start to recognise it, where a few of my friends would get themselves in trouble just because they know they're with me and we could have a fight. And yeah, you know, I got bad with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a dick. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! You got yourself in that trouble. You handle it. You know, yeah. you know? Mm. don't make me pull yourself out of it. And so I was like that. Even so, I had to like cut off a couple of friends where you just cause trouble. You know, and you and I, I say. I, when you start to train to fight as well, you don't want to go out and have to prove it every two seconds. Look, everyone, look, I'm tough. Want me to watch me beat up this guy who can't, who's never trained in his life. You know, so like, it's for me, it was like, people who fight a lot in the street and stuff, they tend to be people, one, have anger issues, and two, you want to prove to people and themselves, look, I'm tough, watch this. But you're beating up someone probably has never trained a day in their life you know and like and you just want to do it to look tough and just yeah so that was never me i never i did like i said i have been in the street fights and stuff like that uh didn't really none of them ended badly on my my behalf i was yeah. always fine but obviously uh, as a young guy you know you're gonna get in yourself in a few confrontations yeah they happen don't they <laughs> especially uh when you're just on well not on the streets all the time, but when you've got that life, I suppose it just kind of happens yeah. sometimes. But also that with that, going back to my lifestyle back then, I, I, was a, I, was a, I was a very keen football player. So I played football Saturdays for a good team and I played football Sundays. So I didn't go out on, out on a Friday and get drunk and hammered because I wanted to play good football on a Saturday. And then yeah. same again on Saturday night, I didn't want to go out and get hammered and, you know, because I wanted to play good on Sunday. So I didn't really drink that much. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I drunk. I got drunk. And it was fun, but yeah. I was yet again. I was so competitive. I didn't want to play shit the next day and think, oh, it's because I got drunk last night. So, yes, yeah, so that's another reason why I didn't really get in too much stuff. Because if you want to, like right now, if I wanted to get in trouble, I could go out in the street in five, ten minutes. I get myself in a fight just by being a dick. Yeah. So if you want to get yourself in a fight, you get yourself in a fight. If you want to get, walk, get, stay away from fights, you can. You know, it's not, it's not easy. Sometimes you can find yourself in the wrong situation at the wrong time. But tend to be, tend to, if you get yourself in a fight, you're looking. And don't get me wrong, if there's a fight going on, I'm watching. You're like, whoa. <laughs> 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 that man, show me one human being who's not drawn to a fight. All of those guys, over there. 
you know, oh, what's going on there? You know, I'm always yeah. that guy. But then also, I'm about that stupid guy sometimes who's the vigilante where one guy's getting beaten up, but now he's two mates are jumping and kicking him on the floor. Mm. And I'm the guy going, hey, what are you guys doing? Leave it alone. And then sometimes it translates onto me and then that sort of stuff. But normally, you kind of can settle down most situations normally, especially when you've got a cauliflower face like me. You know, people, <laughs> people kind of look at you and go, okay, right, this guy's over. He's half my size. He looks like that. He's either tough as nails or a psycho. You know, he's one of the two. So, yeah. So, normally, yeah. I, I, I can... Either fight. one you don't want to mess with. No, exactly. <laughs> um, you mentioned, obviously, that you dabbled in boxing a little bit and you've got an 11-1 and one record in boxing. Did you ever plan on trying to go further with boxing, like trying to go pro or anything? No, because back then, my my, my, um, my passion was football. I ended up boxing to keep fit. And it was, I don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I kind of liked, yet again, going back to it, like the um, respect you got from being a good boxer. You know, people respect you just out of default, you know, like, I, I, yeah, you, you kind of get that, you know. So I kind of like that, that that kind of prestige that it gave you. Um, but my main passion was always football, always. And even when it came to boxing, amateur boxing, it didn't really suit my sort of style. I was more of a banger, you know. I wanted to throw and let's go. Yeah. Where amateur boxing is more about point scoring, where you kind of one fight I lost. I remember I dropped the guy twice in the first round, had him in all sorts of trouble. And then I just couldn't finish him and I gassed and he was just jabbing me, jabbing me, jab. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then I, I lost the fight on points, but I nearly killed the guy in the first round. If the ref didn't like give him all the chances to recover, if it was like, if we were fighting over a pig, I'd be hitting that eating a ham sandwich. He was done. Mm. But just because of rule sets, he, uh, he, he, he won because then he out jabbed me and then that's yeah. what I mean so my fighting boxing sort of style didn't suit amateur boxing because I wasn't a um, a point sort of scorer it would have suited more pro boxing because power shots count and all that sort of stuff but yeah like I said my, my passion was football fair enough um, so right now you currently the uh, head coach and co-founder over the Great Britain uh, Great Britain top team um, how, how's everything going with that at the minute, I know it's very uncertain times with the pandemic. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very uncertain times. Our team's really good. The team's strong, as always. I have a good little like family sort of bond with our team. We are all, all different people come from all different walks of life, but we're all the same goal, if that makes sense. So, so it's like we have a good environment there, a good competitive environment uh, to help each other grow. Um Tough times, not a lot of shows going on at the moment. The only show really in England is uh, um, Cage Warriors going on. I mean, there's always shows saying they're going to have a show, and then boom, the carpet's ripped beneath them. The show's cancelled because Boris said you can't do nothing. So, like, it's so it's like hard times, especially for. The younger pros and younger amateurs and the young amateurs, because those sort of shows are non-existent. Around. So grassroots MMA, in my eyes, is really suffering at the moment. And um, so you, you obviously mentioned you've got a good team. You've actually got some killers there, obviously, Nathaniel Woods, Wesley Meyer, um, Nick Bagley. I mean, you do a lot with uh, the amateur scene. Um, how important is, is coaching to you and what's the biggest benefits that you take away from it? Um, the biggest benefits, I guess, is just watching my guys compete and get better, you know? Like, I'm a, like I've said it probably 20 times already in this interview, I'm a very competitive person. Mm. So, like, I can't compete no more, so I compete for my athletes. I want them to go on and win. You know, I want to have a very successful stable of fighters that do really well. Yeah. Uh, and so like that. So of course, winning to me means a lot. So now I compete for my fighters. I, I put a lot, a lot of lot into them, uh, a lot of passion into them to improve, to get better, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Nathaniel Wood there. He's somebody who was uh, getting quite a bit of attention in the UFC. 
um, over the last couple of years. How, how far do you think he can go in the sport? Yeah, well, sky's the limit. I mean, he has all the ability to go all the way to the top, but sometimes it's just a little bit about opportunity, the right fights at the right time, uh, and and a bit of lady luck on the night. You know, it, can he fight with anyone in the top ten? Yes. Can he beat people in the top ten? Yes. Can he win a belt? Yes, depending who he fights on, on that. In that sort of top tier echelon, it's like sometimes it's about who performs on that night in, uh, and certain styles. But for me, he's up there and he's around that sort of, in my eyes, he's around that sort of ability, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got a GB top team. Um, obviously, in the US, American top team is, is that an affiliate of American top team? Yeah, obviously, I, I trained at American Top Team for many, many years. Mm. Uh, and it just for me, even when I was competing, I was like, when I finished, I'm going to have uh, a great British Top Team, uh, which runs side by side American Top Team. So I sent my guys over there. Any of them guys, like, I'm good friends with Miles Vidal and some of that. So when he's over here, when he was like fighting down till I didn't have a gym, but he would come to my gym, train there, and so on and so forth. And just kind of have that sort of European base, you know. For me, like the, the capital of fighting in Europe is England, in my eyes. Oh, uh, as, has coaching always been something you've been interested in then? Yeah, I mean, throughout my career, uh, I always helped other fighters out. Like, I wasn't one of those persons that kept, kept my techniques to myself. Uh, I, from a young, from, from a early stage of my career, I realised um, I had to travel to America uh, I found American Top Team, thank God. Uh, and, and I knew I needed to learn how to wrestle and learn all that sort of side of things. And every time I came back, it, it's only good for me to improve my training partners because if they get better, I get better, and, and we all get better. You know, mm -hmm. So I always would help people out. Like, say I catch someone in something four or five times, I'm like, hey, look, mate, you're doing this wrong, you're leaving this out, you're doing that. So I help him. Now he's going to get better defending my stuff. So now I need to get better and my stuff to, to beat that. You see, you kind of, you just want to rise together. You know what I mean? If you're doing this, it's your job in all walks of life to bend down and pick someone up and build them up. And that's yeah. how life should be. Unfortunately, not everyone is wired that way, but that's how it should be. You know, once you start getting up higher, you look down and try and pull someone, up, someone else up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously you started your YouTube channel a few months ago, the, the One Punch Prospect. And yeah. there's a lot of great demonstrations on there and a brilliant outtakes video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering, but how's the reception been to, to the channel and what can we expect in the future from it? Well, the channel is just one of those little things. It's a side thing. Obviously it's not my main focus sort of mm. thing, but it's just nice. It's a nice way to get some content out there. Uh, help people, especially in this sort of current climate, you yeah. know, to, to, to learn a few things nowadays. Obviously, social media and um, and just training in general, it, it's changed completely just how, how we operate. Like, look, it was four, 10 years ago, we'll be here chatting like this, and that's yeah. only 10 years ago. You know, it's, 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 it's strange um, how fast everything's developing. Uh, I think social media is good and bad in so many ways. Um, depends how you use it. Um, so I'm, I, all I'm thinking is that if I'm help, using it and helping people in any way, anyway, um, I'm doing my like a good deed, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you're one of only three people to have uh, beaten Demetrius Johnson in his career. I don't know, we've come very early in his career. Um did you notice anything from him at the time that sort of made you see he was going to reach the heights that he has in his career? He was fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah. No, but I remember uh, when I fought him, I think it was like 12 and 0 or 30, something like around that sort of mark. Uh, there was a lot of hype around him being Matt Hewn's apology. But to be honest, I was like, I'm going to bash you. You know, like I, I mean, I didn't had that mindset. For me, he fought me. Well, I say I was, I was in my prime, my early sort of thirties. I felt like a beast. You know, I felt really good, and 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 in hindsight, oh wow, you beat him! But when I beat him, I was like, I beat some kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, this guy's just a kid. You know, like 
obviously he's gone on and done great things and not not saying when I fought him he didn't have any ability he was very talented when I fought him um, but obviously you're not going to get the praise back then so that if I fought him now I'm one of course and I get that um, but also I like to think that me the way I beat him as well really changed his mindset on, mm. and helped him develop and, that, and that's what, what he did you know, I felt very comfortable in that fight I beat him in every type of area it yeah. could have been and uh, yeah I thought well you know, that night was my night basically mm. now, obviously it doesn't get the same recognition as it would have done if I beat him now but like I just said but I still get everyone oh, you beat Demetrius Johnson you beat yeah yeah but for me at that then it was just yeah Another fight. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't even my toughest opponent. Mm. You know, it was like it was. It was just a fight. Yeah. You know? I suppose it looks better now on your record yeah. now that he's where he is than when it did at the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously, at that time, it was just as you say, another fight for you it's that you were another, taking. A young guy trying to you know make his way up, and I was there. I was like, fuck it. I was deep. I had like what? I was like twenty four and. Whatever, I had a lot of fights. You know, yeah. I had 24 fights, 24 wins. I don't know. I was like, no, I felt I was 19 and four, you know, of something like that. And I, and I, I was on a bit of a roll. And yeah, I was performed really well that night. And mm. um, that was it. So to, to go after that, then, um, uh, basically, how, how much does it mean to you to be part of the success of WEC? For me, WC was the kind of like the, the highlight or the best sort of period of my my fighting career. Because yet again, I think every athlete has some sort of life uh, expectancy. Then you have what you call your prime, and for mm. me, that was my prime. I felt so good within that organization and that sort of age. I was like early thirties, you know, hadn't been training for super long. Uh, but I just felt physically, mentally really good. Uh, if anything, I was probably a little bit ahead of the game, I guess. Um, back then, especially UK-wise, you know, yeah. I mean, like no one did what I did back then. Um, uh, yeah, but for me, WC, yeah, I fought in the last ever WC card as well. I had a great time, I had great fights. If anyone goes back with UC Fight Pass and watches any of my be fights every fight was a great fight you know it was you know every fight so to be honest a lot of my fights were good fights to be fair but uh, that was my can i say my bit that sticks with me um, so just get your opinion then um if that merge didn't happen with ufc how far do you would you have seen wc going well w no wc was owned by the ufc back then yeah. so it, it, it was the same as like when the WC owned the UFC, the WC was just there for um, uh, the smaller weight classes, yeah. you know. Uh, so when I when the WC and, and the UFC merged, it made no difference to me whatsoever. Right. I didn't fight anyone different. I was still fighting people top ten in the world in my weight class, which I was doing before the WC. So it didn't know as if ah. Oh, Oh, we now find new guys. We, no, we just went at those weight classes, just moved into the UFC, yeah, yeah. Uh, like featherweight and um, uh, and um, bantamweight and stuff like that. But you look all the fights from WC, you have Showtime, Bet, Aldo, Faber, you know, Dominic Cruz, those all these guys came from the WEC, yeah, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, you know, so many, you know, uh. The only thing that changed for me was the media attention, you know, right. and the audience that you fight in front of, right? Yeah. Everyone, any hardcore MMA fan loved the WEC. You always had great fights. And that's why as a businessman, being a, a Dana White, he wanted to bring these fights into the UFC because that's what everyone's talking about. That's what, and that's what, you know, he wants to bring these small weight classes in uh, and for me, it was a win-win situation because I'm still finding the same people, but now it's on a bigger stage. Yeah, definitely. Um, were there any fights in your career that you ever eyed up that didn't get made? Was there any anyone you would have liked to have fought that yeah. you never? Uh, a fight that didn't get made 
was a fight that was actually scheduled. I was supposed to be making my W, uh, my UFC debut uh, against Miguel Torres. Um, uh, I was getting ready for the fight. I, I ruptured my disc in my back as an L5S1, and I was out for quite a little bit. Um, I, then I had to put out the fight. I remember Demetrius Johnson fighting him instead of beating him, and then he got a title shot off the back of that. And I think if that could have been me, I would. I, I could have, I, in my eyes, I thought I had the, the beatings of Miguel Torres, and I thought if I beat it, would have beat him, I would have probably got a title shot. So that never happens. Yeah, so that's one fight. If I went back, I wish I had at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted to mention just about, um, and I know Wikipedia isn't always the most uh, reliable source for information, but on there at the minute, it's got that you're uh, currently signed with. Absolute Championship Beckerud, is it? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much truth there is to that. I just thought I'd mention it. No. I, it's not it's not ACB anymore. It's called ACA, and I mm. commentate for them. Ah, right, okay. Yes, yeah, so I, I don't compete anymore. No way. My body's too <laughs> fragile. Uh, so I actually, um, yeah, so I do, do the commentary for them. And I love my job, you know. Uh, I, they have fantastic fighters on there, and it's like, a blessing just sitting there calling fights with uh, a good pal of mine, Brian Lacey, uh, and um, just watching some superb fights, you know, like and getting paid for it, which is just awesome. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see yourself moving into commentary, or is it just something that has been a happy coincidence? I kind of, yeah, I, I kind of think, well, I think I'm, I'm quite articulate, uh, you know, um, and stuff. and I'm, I'm quite technical. I know what I'm looking for and stuff like that. I'm good with people's mindsets and all that sort of stuff. So I think I do give good and valuable insight. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, you see, for me, it was a good, good progression from after fighting, going into not only coaching, but in, into uh, commentary as well. Yeah, so I enjoy it. You, you see a lot of, a lot of people um, to go after. You see a lot of people talk about who they'd like their commentary team to be. Um, in terms of UFC, uh, with obviously your knowledge and your experience, what would be the, the team that you would like to have on the commentary if you could or all the time? And without sounding a bit obvious, but the guy I commentate with now is Brian Lacey, mm. um, who commentates on it. He's absolutely fantastic at his job. And also, he's a good pal of mine. We have a, he used to be a comedian. Um, I, I still think I'm more funny than he is anyway. <laughs> but um, uh, we just have a really good laugh. Uh, and it's like very factual, very good, 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 good commentary. But it's also a little bit tongue, tongue in cheek at times, you know, which yeah. it should be, you know, like, uh, so it's great. So I'm calling fights with, with a good pal of mine. It's awesome. Uh, if you mean like who would I like to call fights with in the UFC? Maybe I like Dan Hardy. I think he's very knowledgeable mm. in what he does. Uh, also, uh, uh, John Gooden. I think he's very good. Uh, but yeah, uh, any of them really, they're all, they're yeah. all good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are bringing different things to the table, and I yeah. think I think me and Bisping it'd be quite funny. No, no, <laughs> they just have to have um, uh, copies. You know, people just have to have, to have subtitles and everything like that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I'd like to see you and Bispin together. That'd be a good one. That'd be hilarious, actually. Um, so obviously you were in Cage Rage. I think you started about 2018. Yeah, obviously as you mentioned, mixed martial arts wasn't as big as it was. Are you? No. Did you ever think it would be as big as it was at that point? Um, yes, Kyle. I, I things evolve. Always evolve. Uh, I kind of thought because boxing has been around for years but that's only one part of a fight you know yeah. like so like i say humans as human beings you're always drawn to a fight you know and there's nothing more real than mma there's novice fighting out there that's more realistic you know apart from a proper no holds barred street fight you know so for me as in, like i say i was going back again i was an athlete for me it was the most for me, it's the most challenging thing you can do as an athlete, physically and mentally, you know? Um, so yeah, that's why I, I always knew it was a great sport. And also, it's not just 
the fights are more exciting because you you never know who's going to win. You know, it's like if, if I always say this is quite cliche, but the best boxer is going to win because it's a boxing match. Mm. You know, if two people had a judo match, the best person in judo is going to win. There's yeah. not a lot of surprises in there. There's so many surprises in MMA because there's so many more variables of winning and losing, and you're throwing four ounce bits of leather around. Yeah. You know, like you could be the, not a technical striker one bit, and you can just close your eyes, throw a bomb, bomb it lands, and it's not like you see many times in boxing, a guy out comes out a bit overconfident, gets a bit, you know, well, the other, no, who's four last? Was it Garcia? I remember. He got dropped. Right, yeah. right. So like, boom. Okay, right. Now I need to wake up. Right, you get your ten second count. Right. Okay, right. I need to switch on now. I'm gonna take this competition a bit more seriously. Boom. Let me box. Let me stick to the game plan and go on and win. Yeah. In MMA, you don't get that chance. You get clipped. You go down. Boom, boom. He's on you. Boom, 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 boom. Ref stops it. Big upset. You know, yeah. Look at look at Bisping versus Luke Rock, Rockhold. That should never have happened. You know, like. Technically, they fought, they fought each other uh, not that long ago. Uh, Luke got an old beat Bisping very comfortable. Took the second fight because Bisping came in on short notice. He came in way too confident, got clipped, and that was it. And that was history, you know. And, and since that fight there, he went downhill mentally, everything, you know. Like, he, he, I, I, that fight there ended, in my eyes, Luke, Luke Rolls. Luke Rockhold's career, who was a phenomenal fighter, but yeah. he just from there he just went downhill, and that just shows how, how unforgiving this sport is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see it with a lot of fighters. I think when they're on such a roll, uh, I think Anderson Silva's one that people always go back to. He was on such a roll, and then the two Wadman fights happened, then he was never the same after that. Um, yeah. Do you think some fighters do suffer from having over, like being too overconfident at times? Yeah, I mean, everyone does. I'm not just fighting in, in all walks of life. People get way too com- confident. There's nothing... There's a thin line between confidence and arrogance, you know? Um, like for me, Anderson Silva is still one of the best fighters ever to grace this earth, you know? Like, a phenomenal athlete. I remember fight back, back with him back in the day in cage rage. He was awesome. Mm. Um, but same with him. His sort of fighting style... He's so good, he could he, he could roll the dice, a gamble a little bit, and nine times out of ten he'll win. He roll the dice, he roll the dice, and one of those times he rolled the rolled the dice. And like I say, you throw, you're throwing around with four ounce gloves, clip, boom, see you later, he's down, you know. Uh, and then once that happens, going into your next fight, you're not as invincible as you thought you were before. You know, there's little thing in the back of your head like, oh. I can't get knocked out. I'm not that unbeatable beast that I used to think I was. You know, so then you have that little area of doubt in your mind and that's so on and so forth, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a very risky game to play, but you, someone like Conor McGregor done really well with that sort of trash-talking kind of thing, puts himself on a pedestal. So he, he's doubling down every time. So if he wins, he wins big. He yeah. bombs and blows him up. But if you lose, you lose big as well, you know. So it's one of those ones. Where, where do you think that comes from? MMA, like confidence and the arrogance, obviously, because it, in, in the gym, especially in MMA, everyone says you leave your ego at the door and that's it. So where, where do you think it comes from? Do you think there's a lot of pressure from like, what people expect you to be or how do you expect you to act? No, really. I, I think it, it's only really changed since Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor kind of changed the flip. You know, he flipped the script, the script you know, how it was, how arrogant. No, it wasn't arrogant. It was like the, the confidence oozed out of him. And mm. what you do, he was so confident, he, he would start planting seeds in his opponent's head where he'd be like saying, well, you're really slow-footed. And the guy's thinking, oh, I'm not. I'm swear I'm not. And then like, yeah. Am I? Am I? And the, what he's doing, he's like chipping away at the armor. So he's the first person to do it. You have a lot of what you're called now copycats, but it's, it's never, never going to be the same, you know? Because what Conor McGregor did, what made it so believable, he would say it and do it. And then, mm-hmm. like I say, it was just like, it would just triple his worth 
overnight. You know, I'm, I'm gonna knock you out in the first round. You're gonna come. You're gonna be too overcommitted to your shots. Bomb. Done it to Aldo. Bomb. Never seen. I mean, Aldo was the beast back in the day. WC like never been, never in trouble in any of his fights. And then for Conor McGregor to say this about Aldo, you're mental. And then boom, like that. What just happened? Yeah. You know, I that annoyed me that night because I stayed up way too late, right, to watch that fight. My wife went to bed. She woke up in the morning, came down as the fight just started and went, oh, look it. I went back to bed. And I'm like... <laughs> Literally, I've been st- I stayed up all night for that ten seconds or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that's what I mean. When you win like that and say what you do is is doubling down all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. As a uh, as a fan of MMA in the UK, you don't you don't want especially the main event. You don't want a quick end in there because you've stayed up till <laughs> six in the morning. So you you want to get your money's worth, don't you? No, right, of course. Um, so obviously you you retired from MMA in 2017, I believe. Um, I'm just wondering, if, did did retire, retirement ever enter your mind prior to that, that? What's that? Sorry, sir. Sorry. Um, so w- when you retired in 2017, I was just wondering if retirement was ever in your mind prior to that actual announcement. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like for me, it's like. <sighs> You're not getting any younger, right? Uh, and towards the, after me going down to flyway trying to fight Demetrius Johnson again, which I, for me, being number one, then that weight class didn't really suit my sort of fighting style. So I came back up. Then it became a job to me. It was like just a job. Uh, I didn't really think I would be able to push for a uh, title shot at uh, uh, weight coming back up. So it just became a job to me. So even though I enjoyed my job, it was like, yeah, it's not, it's not as fun when you're not winning fights that you believe you should have, you should have, could win, and you're losing against guys that you think you beat. It's just not as fun. So I decided to retire on my terms, where I could say, like, most people, what happens when, when you retire from the sport, you retire because you got injured or the company sacks you, then you retire. So for me, I wanted to do it on my terms so everyone knew when I was going to retire and we could all celebrate that together, if that makes sense. You know? yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was a really good way to, to go out the sport. Um, you, you came out of retirement um, briefly and, and had a mm-hmm. bare-knuckle boxing fight. Um, and I read that your grandfather was a, a bare-knuckle boxer. Um, was, was that something you always wanted to try at least once? Oh, no, not at all. It's like, be honest, bare knuckle boxing now is a big thing. <laughs> like when I was fighting, it wasn't. Um, so, like, if, honestly, if it was parallel, MMA and bare knuckle boxing, I think I'd be a, one of the best bare knuckle boxing guys in the world by far in my prime because of my fighting style. You know, yeah. that, just my boxing sort of style, how small the, 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 the ring is and stuff. I, I think I, how tough I was as well, because you have to be very durable within that sport. Um, yeah, so it wasn't really around. But 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 yeah, again, by the time I retired, it started to become a thing. Mm. And then uh, I got asked a few times, and one of the times I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, I like to think I'm, I, I like to think I'm quite a smart person. So I'm thinking to myself, I've just retired from the UFC, okay? So people who are going to give me trouble in fighting are signed to the UFC, you know what I mean? Or signed to a big organization, that sort of level of fire, or you're a glove boxer. Yeah. No one on my level is doing medical boxing. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, for me, it's, it just makes sense. I'll have a medical boxing match. And... For me, yeah, again, it, it was to try and finish my career for where I started. Because um, when I first started fighting, my mum, my mum said to me, "Oh, you get it from your granddad. He used to be a bare knuckle boxer." Um, and I went, "Oh, really?" So that's when I looked at pictures of him. He used to wear trilby hat and braces. So yeah. I paid tribute to him throughout my career, coming out wearing trilby and braces all the time. So I thought, when I finished the career, 
and just uh, have a bare-knuckle boxing match to, you know, just to finish it off, to end, end to the book, you know. Uh, and that's what it was, really. You know, it's, uh, and I won it pretty easy. Now, don't get me wrong, the level of bare-knuckle boxing is quite good. There's yeah. a lot of ex-fighters now coming into it from the UFC and ex-club boxers coming into it. So the level's getting a lot better. But still, if you're a really, really talented fighter... You're fighting WWE. You're fighting for WBC or WBA. You in those sort of level glove boxing, or you fighting in the UFC. Yeah, you're fighting that sort of level. So, did you ever have any other offers to go back to it after that one fight? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Just I think Eddie, I think everyone, every Tom, Dick, and Harry called me out after winning the belt. They wanted <laughs> to fight me. People in the heavyweights, you name it, anyone who fought and just wanted to have a fight. And I'm just like. Just leave me alone. Let yeah. Me, just let me let me go. Let me sign, go over the sunset. Let me leave me alone. <laughs> well, that's it. I suppose at the time, with it not being as big as it is now, as you say, you would have been a, a big name. Um, yeah. Associated yeah. with it, so it, it would have made sense for people to try and sort of make their name off of off your back. But the thing for me, for me in fighting, especially towards the twilight of your career, you need to find motivation. And whatever motivation, and I was never a money-oriented person, so I was never motivated, motivated by money. It was always competition. So for me, when I, when I do better, it wasn't a competition, I guess. It was more, oh, this is a new challenge. This is good. So like, I was motivated. But then when I had a fight and I won with like two punches in 20 seconds, yeah. uh, and I won the British belt, boom, tick, done that. For me to be motivated to fight again, I'd have to fight someone like a lob off or something like that. Someone I'm like, cool, let me have a, this would be a good scrap. I have to be motivated to get me out of bed, to get me out of bed, to go to train twice a day. At my, that stage of my career, I have to be motivated. And like I said, I wasn't motivated by money. So I I give you a million pounds. Okay, cool. I'd be motivated for a week and then I'd be like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, I was always competition. So it had to be something that really got my juices flowing where I'm like, right, this guy's going to get it or I want to have a fight, let's go. This would be a great fight. So it has to be something like that. So nothing really... I, I remember meeting Loboff at um, a Brave event, I think it was, uh, and I chatted to him. I said, hey, maybe me should have a scrap kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, it'd be a good fight. I mean, cool. And I, I chatted to him about it and I tried to get that happening. Never happened. Then he had his rematch with uh, uh, Jason Knight. Um, and then uh, Jason Knight beat him. So it was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not as keen for it anymore. And then to be honest, Jason Knight messaged me on uh, on Twitter, I believe it was, or Instagram, one or two, saying, look, should we have a scrap? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. But nothing really happened from it. And yeah. that's it. Now I'm too old to even think about it. Um, I, I'm just wondering was the, the championship um, the belt always part of the contract or is that something that culminated as you were getting ready for that fight sorry I'm sorry uh, no, you, you're a competitor for the belt in your, your bare knuckle fight um, yeah. is, was that always part of the contract or was that something that was yeah, later on yeah, it wasn't the reason I was doing it mm. But for, for me, I think the, the belt was vacant and they, I think it, for them, it was just good because they'll have me as a as a BKB champion, I guess. Yeah. So it just looked good for their promotion. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was it. So for me, belts are cool, but I was more, like I said, I was way more competition, competition driven, you know? Yeah. I'd rather fight a tougher fight than fight someone for the belt. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so obviously you, you spoke openly before about uh, Masvidal and Covington and how they don't train and stuff the fight looks like it it might happen just wondering how how you see that fight going between them two very interesting very interesting fight you know I I yeah so interesting you know (laughs) Masvidal is absolutely brilliant Um, stylistically it's a hard, Covington's a hard match for anyone, you know, just with his relentless sort of pressure uh, and uh, just like how he doesn't get tired and he just keeps going. 
But Masvidal is one of the most creative uh, and most inventive fighters I've ever known. You know, training with him is like his knowledge and stuff like that is just amazing. And he's a fighter. You know, he can fight. You know, so uh, it'd be it'd be an interesting fight indeed. Just going back to like you mentioned, um, you paid homage to your, to your granddad throughout your career with the Trilby and the. Uh, and the braces, and I also read that um, the nickname One Punch is a nod to Brad Pitt's character in Snatch. It's right? nothing to do with it. I, no. no. I don't know where I've read that then. Everyone thinks that, because obviously One Punch, and uh, I got my One Punch from boxing, uh, and my true has come from my granddad. So if anything, they're, they're only image-wise. I reckon they copied me. <laughs> and I think people probably got it from Brad, Brad Pitt. You know, yeah, I've well. had, had people come up to one of my fights back in the day. Oh, well done, Mickey. Good fight. I'm like, Mickey. Mickey, So, what's your, your opinions on the MMA in, in Britain? Obviously, we've got some crazy talents here. Um, but do you think it could be bigger than the UK? It's it always bigger. You know, like, everything's growing. Like, the sport's growing year in, year out. Always getting better, more people doing this. And like back in in the day, like I, when I was fighting and stuff like that, well, even when I was younger, the, this sport wasn't around. So if you're a young kid and you're athletic, you go play football, you go yeah. do other sports. Now people see, ah, fighting, I could fight for a job and earn money and earn a lot of money doing it. Boom, sign me up. So it's starting a lot younger, you know, and people are now like starting at five years of age doing jujitsu and doing boxing and and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's growing year in, year out. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest surprise, right? We, we had uh, Peter Boyce on and he said he was surprised that he could make money from fighting. I think a lot yeah. of it does come from that. Like, oh, I can make money from this. this is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just want to. You've mentioned football quite a few times, and obviously you're a big football fan. I think it'd be rude uh, for me not to talk about it a little bit with you. So uh, you're a Tottenham fan, is that right? Correct. Yeah. How, how are you? Uh, how are you? How are you liking the season so far? I mean, I know it's a bit different without the fans, but the same as everything. You know, every season being a Spurs fan, you have a lot of high hopes. You have like, this is it. This is it. This is it. And he started off with top of the league at one point. He's looking good. Yeah, it could be a year. And then always just something. So it's like we have a saying, like, it's, it's very Spursy, right? It just means, like, yeah, full of... Yeah, so we're good. We, we, got, we got a good team. We could be anyone on their day, 100%. You know, like, uh, up front with, with um, Son, Sonny and um, Kane, man. Amazing, you know, and we yeah, have a really good start team, but sometimes, you know, we just mess up on games that we should win. So, but I, hopefully, I, I do have a feeling this year we would win something, you know, yeah. we win everything still, and we're still playing well. We have a good team, it all bears on injuries, I guess. We have a, we have a strong side, we have a strong squad, which always helps. So bearing injuries and such, I definitely feel, you know, we need to, we're too much of a big club to have no silverware over the last year, last few years, you know. So yeah, we need we need more silverware to stop everyone going on about it. So I get I get so many <laughs> so many things about oh even just now was it? Oh, I had one the other day sent to me about Jose Mourinho. No, no, it wasn't it? Was it um, Pochettino's gone to wherever he went to again and. In 11 days, he's won his first trophy. He couldn't do it in five years. I'm like, oh my God, just go away. So we, I just need, <laughs> I just need a myself. trophy to shut everyone up, you know? Yeah. Like, especially Arsenal fans. Because like, Arsenal go, uh, give it all the time. But they are shit now, right? Yeah. Right? They're behind us, so behind us. I'm not even worried about them. But they're like, how many trophies you got? You know, like, yeah. kind of thing. So it's just like... Do yeah. Arsenal have kept themselves in the conversation in the last few years with the few FA Cups that they've won, haven't they? So... Yeah, I think, exactly that. But then, but in the league, there's nowhere. You know, no, like, exactly. 
I think now is the right is a bet. You're not going to have a better chance. Spurs, I don't think, especially with Mourinho Day. I don't think he's he's not quite the manager he was when he was at Chelsea. Or if, even made it to the Champions League final, but we got beat by another English team. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I admittedly, I was happy there. Yeah, I was saying, are you Liverpool or Everton? But you and Liverpool take it. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, like you say, Mourinho, he's, he knows how to win trophies. Um, well, and yeah. The fact yeah. that Gareth Bale can't get in your squad at the minute... Uh, Show it's. I think that's probably a promising sign. Even in the game last night, though, is like we we drew. I mean, drew in Fulham is like, and he left like who was on the bench. He left Bell on the bench. Uh, Lucas Moore was on the bench, and I'm thinking you got to bring them on. You know, yeah. it's Fulham. You know, we we had the same cool. problem against them. <laughs> yeah, but still, let's let's go like, don't. Be so defensive sometimes, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but... Um, so finally, just wanted to see what you're hoping 2021 brings for both yourself and your athlete to get a bit of the top team. Well, hopefully, the world sorts itself out. I'm going to go back to some sort of norm- normality, whatever the new normal is. Uh, and, and yeah, keep growing as a, as a team. You know, get get help help me bring my some of my fighters through. I've got fighters who can't get fights at the moment that need fights. It's, you know, very important, you know. So, hopefully it all sorts themselves out and uh, we'll be back in a big way. Good to hear it. Uh, well, again, thank you very much for joining us today. No problem. Um, and Cheers. wish you and all your athletes the very best of luck for 2021. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Super necessary.